Barancourt's radio network is now available on Anchor.fm. You can subscribe to our podcast either through Anchor or one of its many affiliates, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Now, enough of the bullshit. Here's the podcast. This edition of the Gore Corner is brought to you by no one. So we are looking for sponsors, and if you would like to sponsor our podcast, go ahead and pop us an email at podcast at rottencourseradio.com is where to send the email, or just instant message me on Twitter or Facebook, at Rotten Corpse Radio. Anyway, all right, so this week I'm going to be reviewing the movie A Quiet Place. Now, if you haven't done this yet... You can save yourself the trouble of listening to this by going to our website, RottenCorpseRadio.com, and search A Quiet Place, and there should be a short-sighted review of the of A Quiet Place. That'll kind of give you the quick and easy version, <laughs> and not only are our reviews on the short side, but they're also very short-sighted, so, you know, it, it's a little, little double entendre. I like it. It's pretty fun. Anyway... But if you would like to listen to this, go ahead. Just keep listening. And (laughs) we'll go into the story here. All right. So apparently the year is 2020. And, of course, most everything has been wiped out of existence. And the only people that we're focusing on at this point in time is the Abbott family. Um, Basically, Evelyn, Lee, Reagan... Marcus and Bo, and their dad. I don't know where the hell he is. So, <laughs> anyway, um, oh yeah, I guess Ray, I guess Reagan is the dad. Regan, maybe Regan. I don't know. It's really tough to tell who's who in this movie because nobody says anything. They basically talk in all sign throughout this entire film, and I think it's kind of great because first off. It lets you know exactly how quiet, you know, with the fact that there's, like, deafening silence in this film. It really lets you know how loud people really are when they're watching a movie. Because you you can almost hear yourself just kind of rustling and kind of sitting down, you know, sitting there getting all fidgety and, you know, eating popcorn or doing whatever you do during movies. You know, kill a baby, you know, like, eat deer meat. I mean, I don't know what you guys do. But whatever it is, sacrifice somebody to the vegan gods. Whatever you do out there, you know, make it appropriate because we are watching a horror film in A Quiet Place. So this is kind of like a sci-fi horror film uh, that's directed by uh, John Krasinski. um, Stars Emily Blunt, um, who's actually his wife. You gotta love that, right? Um, and this movie is put out by Michael Bay's Platinum Dunes. Yes, the same Platinum Dunes that remade A Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th. All the movies that fanboys love to hate on. <laughs> 
and uh, many horror fans alike, um, not me included, um, I, I am not included in that list. I do not hate on any of Michael Bay's remakes. Actually, I've almost absolutely loved every single film that Platinum Dunes has put out, with the exception of Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. I hated that movie. Um, that was probably the only one I wasn't into. But going back into this, this is, a, this is an original project. Um, it kind of has that feel. Now, you'll get this by reading the review of it. It's, this movie kind of has that same feel that J.J. Abrams' uh, later um, Cloverfield movie has. Well, at least 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, I can't really speak to the other ones, but... Then Cloverfield Lane definitely has the same similar feel to it, and when you watch this, you're kind of you're kind of taken back a little bit. So we'll go back into the story. So basically, everybody's turned into a scavenger, and they're kind of walking around um, on ashes, barefoot, um, out in the woods. They make their way to a small remote store out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, they take the supplies they actually need. Why wouldn't you just like? wheelbarrow bunch of shit back over oh that's right because the wheelbarrow makes noise now <laughs> anyway so everybody's being super quiet nobody knows exactly you know um where this creature is all they know is if they make any fucking noise at all this creature will just come from out of nowhere and eat them i love that storyline it's great to me uh <laughs> and the thing that really kills me about this movie is the fact that, like, you know, I mean, you're you're kind of sitting there watching this whole family. Now, you you witness their ch their youngest child get killed at the beginning because he selfishly wants a toy, and <laughs> um, I thought that scene was funny. I actually, and if it wasn't for that scene, I wouldn't have sat through the rest of this movie, to be honest with you, because what is to come throughout the whole rest of the film is just kind of boredom. Until people start dropping shit, start making noise. But all of a sudden these creatures just kind of appear out of nowhere, which is nice. I love a good creature mash. I really do. And I'll say this, the, the creature, even though the creature in a lot of scenes is CGI. And even though the creature in this movie comes, comes and goes very fast. Except for when it's creeping through the house, looking for people. It looks pretty cool. I'll say this, it actually looks pretty cool for what it is. The CGI monster. Almost zero practical effects going into it. It's a pretty cool looking monster. And I was kind of happy with the overall, um, you know, the out, you know, like the little uh, suspense moment towards the end of the film. Yeah, especially when they get stopped and they get basically trapped in the in a grain silo, which is great because, God, you're just making noise plenty because you're swimming around in grain. <laughs> Now, the, there are like a few things about this movie that really bother me. First off, the fact that, okay, so they're not able to make any kind of noise at all throughout the whole movie, so it's just dead silence. They just kind of, you know, like sign back and forth at each other, even when you get mad. There's a certain part of the movie, like it's actually when they're on their way back, the daughter kind of rustles her feet as she's walking, and it kind of creates a little dust cloud. No continuity there at all. Like, that would have made fucking noise. I'm sorry. Even in the ashes, it would have made a sound. And I understand in certain parts of the woods, maybe it's just too loud. But even if these creatures are attracted to loud noise, you think the first places they would have went after they just maliciously killed everything on Earth 
is they would be stuck at the river all day because it makes nothing but noise. You think? Your safest place in this whole world is underwater. But nobody in the storyline, especially not this family, you know, has mastered the, um, the ability to use a submarine. <laughs> Nor do they have access to one, obviously, because they're in the woods. And there's that, and then what they use to make the ashes. So, so, they constant, so they're constantly burning wood to make these ashes. How are they how are they scavenging the wood? When you pick up anything wood related or if you try to break something up or if you try to do whatever, it's gonna make noise, right? It's gonna the burning sound from the fire is gonna make noise. Even at a high elevation, it's still gonna make noise. So there's a lot of little holes, little nitpicky things I think that you know you can throw out this film. But it is, you know, fairly entertaining and all the scary, suspenseful parts. Um, we almost get to see the kids get killed, like, multiple times. Um, there is a little bit of a payoff um, in this movie. But it's not, like, the biggest and greatest payoff. So, uh, during the film, the father kind of shows the daughter that, hey, look, there's this other thing. She doesn't think that it's going to work. But this thing is supposed to be kind of like a... Supposed to be some kind of detection unit that's supposed to help them, you know, hear the things coming. Um, or it's supposed to basically, um, you know, do something else. Now, considering that the dad had been playing with his tech for a while, and that he had access to all sorts of different sound equipment, you think you would have set up speakers out in the middle of the woods and fucked with frequency. Because if they don't like sound... High-pitched frequency would have been the first thing I would have thought of. Oh, yeah, maybe this will kill him. The fucking kid's the one that figures it out in the movie. <laughs> That's the thing that really killed me. But it was only because her uh, her head device malfunctioned. And when the creature got to a certain, you know, got so close and then ended up making its own weird sounds, uh, trying to pick up on, you know, like really weird like a really low frequencies that try to you know find its prey it ends up pitching feedback from the little device that the kids got in her head and ends up fucking with it and to the point where it like scares it off now you think oh, the whole time because they've been they've been out there for like over a year you know instead of worrying about fucking and making kids or instead of, you know, because they must have done that in the waterfall, because that was the only place in the movie where they were able to talk, <laughs> was behind the waterfall. Um, that didn't really save them in the house. Um, the creature did kind of find them behind running water, you know, as she's, like, sitting there trying to keep herself from screaming. Um, but there's just a lot of weird little things, and I'll say this about the movie. I liked it. I didn't love it, um, but I liked it. It had some pretty funny moments, uh, especially especially the death scenes. I really liked those. Uh, if you haven't gone out of your way to go see it yet, and you're a big fan of PG-13 horror films, definitely check this out. It's kind of up for you know, especially if you're really easy easily scared. You know, this is definitely a movie for you. If you're kind of like me and you're a little bit over it, <laughs> you're all over the suspense and all that stuff. This movie would be a good laugh. Um, if you're into, you know, really cool creature effects and everything else, or if you just hate 
Platinum Dunes and Michael Bay so much that you can't even give this a shot, then I tried. Okay? I tried. I tried. Anyway, <laughs> that's been it for the show this week. Um, of course, this is a very short episode. Uh, we do have our review for Ant-Man and Wasp uh, up right now. It's actually um, our full, a full panel featuring myself, Starbopocracy from the Casket Cast, um, Heather from the Sci-Files, and a special guest who we've had on the show before, uh, Liz Patton from Your Story Discovered, also on the panel. And we have a random... Space-time continuum anomaly that happens during the episode and Axel magically appears. So uh, that's definitely a worth a listen. Um, everybody's got some pretty deep and harsh opinions about that movie, and we can't really hold back. Obviously, we're not going to give every movie a sparkling review, but we're going to try to be as positive as humanly possible. Uh, but yeah, it's on VOD right now, and some theaters, I can't believe it's still playing in theaters here in Oregon. Um, and, I mean, this movie did fairly well. I mean, it was only budgeted at 21 mil and made over $332.4 million. So um, it definitely, you know, got a lot of people buzzing. And I'll say this, you know, I'm, I'm also a fan of... A lot of different types of you know types of actors and everything else so Emily Blunt is somebody I really dig and you probably will too if you give this episode a chance but anyway hasta la vista and I will see you motherfuckers this has been Rotten Corpse Radio